break drink listeners, it's Laura. I'm catching up with the pod stuff that we've left behind. Jeff and I have had a busy semester. We've had some work and other things to attend to, and lo and behold, we forgot to put out some of the podcasts. So stay tuned in the coming weeks. You'll hear a few episodes with us and with others. Uh, For now, here's a little conversation we had looking at our energy levels back in February and work and the work we love and that we live in higher ed. So enjoy this one. Cheers. Jeff, I've called you here today, tonight, to have an intervention. All right. You what joking, are we intervening? You jokingly sent me a Bitmoji, which you or some of my friends that use that, and I don't. That's a different topic. We're going to leave that for now. With a battery symbol that was slowly depleting, and I was worried about you. <laughs> uh, so this is the Dun Dun Intervention <laughs> Podcast. Um, and I fortunately came upon... Things get left on my desk. Uh, my desk is my home office. It's who knows who leaves it. It's probably Farragut or Jack. We don't know. There was a bit of a an energy audit there. So I'd like you to take this and I'll, I'll take it with you. So if you're willing to participate, we're going to assess your true battery life right now. Wait, is this, is this energy I use or energy I consume or is this? Don't worry about it. All right. All right. I have some questions. Before, before we, we go on in this this uh, intervention, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure what first. it is. It's an assessment I want to say, first. I'm not addicted. I can quit whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring your family and friends together yet. So this is just an assessment uh-huh. pre-intervention. Okay. So let's – okay. So, I can edit this part out in post. No, it's, it's staying <laughs> in. So here's the deal. If you agree to this, if it's a yes, give yourself a point. Um, if you don't, then just leave it zero or blank. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions and we'll go down a list and then we'll go into, um, your energy and assessment. So do you regularly get at least seven to eight hours of sleep and feel and not feel, um, tired when you wake up? I don't feel tired, but I don't get seven hours of sleep. All right. Give yourself one. I get close to I do get close to seven. One okay. Uh, do you skip breakfast or settle for something that's not particularly healthy? I ate a granola bar every morning for breakfast. All right, zero. Do you go to do some sort of cardiovascular training or exercise at least three times a week and strength training at least twice a week? I I walk nearly eleven thousand steps every day. Mm-hmm. I do not do strength training. Give yourself a 0.5 then. Do you take regular breaks during the day to renew and recharge? Yes. Okay. That that's also happens to be the, the time I go walking. Okay. Zero for that then. That's good. Do you eat lunch at your desk if you eat lunch at all? I, I, mm. Mm. so let's say on, a, on an average five days, I will go eat lunch like away from the office, maybe one day I may have some leftover of an event a day and a half. And the other days I don't eat or I eat crackers. So you eat at your desk then? Yeah. Okay. You get a point. All right. Add that up. Well, that's it. Nope. That's part one. Oh, keep that number. Just circle it. All right. Next one. Very similar to my GPA, my early years on. No, oh, that's College. promising. We can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. 
All right, let's go to the next section. Um, okay. Do you frequently find yourself getting irritated or impatient or anxious when you're at work, especially when things are in high demand or lots of high stress? No. Okay, zero. Um, do you feel like you don't have enough time with your family and loved ones, and when you do get time with them, you're not always really with them? No. I mean, okay. I get enough time. So zero. Okay, zero so far. Um, do you take too little time for the activities that you really enjoy? I probably like I don't go cycling anymore, which I would really enjoy. That's also because the roads are dangerous in San Antonio. That's my one complaint about San Antonio, and that would would take away significantly from family time. I I think I get to enjoy the activities I want to enjoy. That's the only one I really don't get to do. All right, give yourself a point five. You're iffy on that one. Do you um, stop to express appreciation to others and savor and celebrate accomplishments and blessings? Yes. All right, zero. Do you feel like your life is a relentless set of demands that you're expected to meet and tasks you have to complete when you're not podcasting with Laura? I, I guess so. But I don't like that in a bad way. A relentless? A rel- maybe maybe the word relentless is the... I, I have a demanding job, but I, I am very happy to have it. All right, zero. All right, add that section up. Fortunately, larger than my, uh, smaller than my GPA. <laughs> all right, next section. Uh, all right, do you have difficulty focusing on one thing at a time, and are you easily distracted during the day, especially by uh, email? Uh, I would say mostly yes. Okay, give yourself a point. Do you spend much of your time reacting to immediate demands rather than focusing on activities with a longer-term value and leverage? I'm probably more long term, but that's the nature of my job. So you don't. You, you're longer term, so. Yeah, I mean, I do have immediate demands, like things will come up, but typically, like my views, like the long, the long haul. All right, give yourself a zero. Um, do you take enough time to reflect, strategize, and think creatively? Yes. Zero. Do you have any time? Wait, times. Let's go back. That that one not there. Um, is that specifically in a work context? Mm, yeah. Okay, repeat the question again. Do you take enough time for reflection, strategizing, and thinking creatively? Okay, I still think I, I think I think I still say yes. All right, zero. Do you rarely have any time when your mind is quiet and free of thoughts? Oh yeah. I rarely have time when my mind is quiet and free of thoughts. <laughs> Give yourself a point then. Wait, uh, people have that? <laughs> That's possible? That's a thing? Yeah. We'll talk about that soon. Okay, next. Note to self, starting that quadrant. Okay. Um, do, you, do you work often on evenings and weekends and rarely take time off? Email free vacation? So I work almost every evening. I work almost, I almost never work on the weekends. That's where the line is drawn. And I'm getting better at taking time off and like taking time off. Like getting away, but I don't take a ton of time off. Do you check your email on vacation or on weekends or? Mm, I think I look at my email periodically on weekends. I don't respond. All right. Give yourself a 0.5 for that one then. All right. Add up that score from that group. Last section or quadrant. Do you feel passionately committed to what you do? Yes. 
All right, zero. Um, do you spend too little time at work doing what you do um, best and enjoy the most? You spend little time doing what you do best and enjoy the most at work. I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay, zero. Best. I mean, I don't know if I do best, but like it's enjoyable. Okay. If you enjoy it, that's good. I mean, I mean, best would be like watching basketball games, <laughs> but <laughs> that's not part of your job description. Nice yeah. try. All right. <laughs> are there significant gaps between what you say is important in your life and how do you actually live it? I don't think so. All right. Zero. Your decisions at work are often influenced or more influenced by external demands than by a strong, clear sense of your own purpose. Mm. I want to say both, but part of my job is for external demands. Wait, external to me. I mean, I'm okay. Point five. Yeah. You don't get to choose. It's your, you get directives, right? I mean, I I work with a lot of data, right? So Mm -hmm. I I have, I do a lot of reporting, which is external. Okay. Uh, Do you invest enough time and energy in making a positive difference to others and, or in the world? I'd like to hope so. All right. Zero. All right. So you got four quadrants there. I'm asking you to total them up. Uh, you can give me your numbers for your your first one. All right, ready? Yep. 2.5. Okay. Second one? 0.5. Third one? 2.5. And last one? 0.5. I see a pattern. Mm, yeah, I can see that too. So your total, mental my mental math is six. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Significantly well, higher than my GPA. <laughs> 2.5. I think my slightly higher undergrad. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look at that. Uh, that's another episode. We'll save that for later. We'll go back to report cards. Okay. So good news, Jeff. In each category, so we talked about, I asked you questions around physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Uh, you scored in the moderate energized to somewhat energized and fully energized on two of them. So that would be you're very emotionally and spiritually energized and you're moderately energized physically and emotionally. So that's good. And then your overall score, it says you're moderately energized. So your battery life is a little bit up than you thought. Good for you. Well, I wasn't a meeting when I said that to you. That may be the, uh, <laughs> towards the end of the day. All right. To get an accurate test of this assessment, we'll have to do it midday. <laughs> catch you tomorrow at lunch and we'll compare no that's good no it's so, funny that's that's really funny I, so the question but if i took this yeah. i'm sorry go ahead no no go ahead if i took this like four years ago mm-hmm. i would have probably come close to the max you could get on like this is draining me mm-hmm. i need to get out kind of way with some po- actually, there was still some positive of that position, but the way the nature of that one position was, and the reporting structures and all those things, um, I was super stressed and exhausted, mm-hmm. and um, um, and like ready to move on. Yeah, but I didn't move on either. Like I wanted to make it work, you know. So that, yeah. So. 
uh, you know, I, I, so I won this award recently, which Ooh. has been, um, tell us more, uh, maybe be like a little reflective about my like job and future and, um, why I am now. Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel super lucky to work where I work. I feel super fortunate to do what I do. And I, like, like, I don't know if I'm qualified for it. I know I work really hard, and that's why I don't mind working at nights and that stuff. And so I think sometimes feeling – I think this is where the, like, imposter syndrome can, like, really be um, self-serving, right? Mm-hmm. Like – because you, you want to work at it, you're like, I'm not right. faking it till I make it. I'm trying to bust it till I like, get it right yeah. and done. So, like, I, 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 I do think I'm doing a good job at my job, but like, I want to make sure I'm, I'm like being awesome at my job. So, I mm-hmm. want to work really hard um, at it. So, I don't mind coming home, spending time with my family, playing with the kids, putting them to the bed, and working on a project for an hour or two at night. Well, nor does my, nor does my wife. That. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, nor does, nor does my like family mind because on the weekends it's like it's family time yeah. you know like we're gonna go to the um to the river we're gonna go um to the children's museum like we're gonna we're doing family stuff the whole the whole weekend together so um i've but it's taken me a while like to get to like learn what are job boundaries and to have this contentment and to not chase certain jobs and be happy with all right. So this comes from a retreat kind of reflection space that I think F went to. And the big overall question is, is this the life you're living? Is this one you're living worth the price you're paying to live it is kind of the tagline of the audit. So what you're talked about is what we often experience in early career, which I think is the fading or burned out phase where people are exhausted. They put too much time in the wrong and time and energy into the wrong things. And yeah, like how, how's the balance of your life? And I think, um, I think we've talked about this in other um, episodes, just about having um, good habits about things and being balanced, but it's something you don't really do early career. And you're right. If you asked my decade of code self, was I better at some of these things? No, I would definitely be fading or on the way to burnout. Can, can we give a quick PSA out there? Yeah. Um, student affairs friends. Mm-hmm. We're about a month and a half from April. Oh yeah. So just so you know, because it seems that every year people like freak out, like, oh my gosh, it's April. How did this happen? No one told us. Fall freak out now. And it happens again in in August. Yeah, and energies run high on trying to impress and be something in your first position or early career, yeah. or to, you're trying to figure it out. And I think. Um, I think part of it is also figuring out you. And so this kind of assessment was shared and I have a partner who's older compared to his comrades that are young, uh, let's say mid to late twenties, most of the mid, and they've all got promoted. And a lot of them are working 80 hours a week and investing yeah. so much time in the organization or companies they're working for or clients. And they put, they're putting their health, uh, their well-being, um, everything else, family, friends, behind them and they're doing things that are hurting their kind of overall self from being more successful and happy. And I, I, I asked, um, I asked my partner, so I said, did you talk some people out of, uh, leaving the company and assessing what they need to do? And he said, some were having like real emotional responses to, I've never sat back and thought about, am I 
bringing the right energy to the work I'm doing? Is it contributing things that I value and that I connect to? And am I balanced in my emotional, physical, well-being and spiritual self? And I think that's something we never sit back and think about enough. Yeah. So I started my career at the University of Texas and uh, and I'm always going to have fun, loving memories of, of kind of like my professional first home, right? It, also, I got my master's degree there, and it, I, t- I learned a ton when I was there. But it was exhausting. I worked a lot of weekends. I worked a lot of evenings. I wasn't married. I didn't get married until I was in my th- uh, 30s, so like I wasn't married most of this, this time period. Only the last year I was. And so I didn't have like a reason to go home. There was nothing like really pulling me to leave the office at five or near five. And so I would just work late or I'd go home and, and, and work late. And, you know, the things that are in the evenings and the things that are on the weekends, they're generally fun things. Like the, and those, those events are pretty like, like energizing, right? Like you have these like great moments with families or students and leadership retreats and all these things. They're like on Monday morning it is like draining, right? So when you, when you, when you go through like the month of April and you've worked four out of five weekends and you haven't had a break in a while and you don't feel like you can take a vacation. And, and I don't know if this is still the case because I work with like grad students and I work with, and you know, have like older peers and I work in a non-traditional setting, but there was really, like you had, there was this like unspoken expectation that you are to um, like kill yourself in this job and you are to work long hours and there's this martyrdom around it. And bragging of I'm doing X amount of work. Yeah. Like if you go home at five, you shouldn't say anything out loud because you know, you should consider yourself a bad employee, right? Like you should brag about like, how early you got there, how late you stayed, how, how many emails you answered that, the, that, that night or, or something like that. So I hope that that weirdness, that expectation has gone away. When I started supervising people, which, which early on in my career, it was just a grad student, and I would make them go home. Because I went through this time period where I loved my job, and all of a sudden I didn't love it anymore because I really thought it was it was bad for me. And there's times I look to get out of higher education and I'm glad I didn't. I, I do feel like I, 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 it's my, my calling in a sense, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's the place I love working. Yeah. But, but there was a time where, where I wanted to go do like, like not like an executive director of a nonprofit or something like that. Still doing something like good in the world, but like with more realistic expectations of work of work in, in life. And I'm glad I didn't, but because I went through this time period where I felt exhausted and drained and I, I, I didn't want to do this work anymore, I made my grad students go home. And when they ever told me, well, I just really love my job, my answer is always to be, I want you to keep loving it next year. Right. So you have to take breaks and you have to, you know, not stay to 11 or 10 or however long they happen to be staying. And, you ha- you know, you have to unplug sometimes. And that's before we even talked about unplugging. We didn't have yeah. devices and stuff then. And so I tried to I tried not to be like I was haze. So I want to haze other people. I tried to I tried to like go like I go through the ringer and then try to fix it for those coming behind me. I don't think I was like a gigantic culture changer. I only had like one person I supervised, but, but hopefully we've gotten to, to be, 
if we're going to talk to our students about health and making healthy choices, that we have those expectations of our work, of our staff. I think that's really good. And you make a good point of being a supervisor. I think we have a lot of educators, practitioners, administrators in higher ed that have a typical schedule and some have nights and other programs after hours or even live on campus if you're in residence life and they don't think about shutting off. It's not even an email or digital, but a separation of life. And I was listening to actually it was um, around a marriage kind of marriage love podcast on the hidden brain. And I think if we put all our energies into one thing, whether it's a person or a job and we expect so much of them, we either are let down or we're not diversifying what we're doing. So you might be really enthusiastic in your workplace and you want to help your students. You want to have them be better and always be answered, but you also have to better yourself and take care of yourself before you care about others. And I work in the helping field for many years in advising and career counseling. And my first boss at the University of Toronto, Curtis Cole, was a faculty member and he'd gone to, into administration and he said to me, you're operating still like a grad student, which is project-based, always on the go, you want to do more. He's recognized I was taking projects home, and he said, great, take some flexible time now and spend time and let me know what you're working on. And I know that you are operating differently because that's what you're doing in your grad program. And so I think when you're always pushed to uh, reach goals, especially going from a practitioner program into I did I did K twelve work, but the same thing practitioner program interning and then applying into the field. You think that your life is always on and you should always be busy doing just the work, which is either scholastic or out there in the field in higher ed. And there's more to that. Like we should have a course on I don't know uh, basket weaving, yoga, <laughs> and transcendental yeah. meditation. Like so. There should be a balance of what else are you doing to help yourself be social and well in different spaces. Yeah, and it took me a while to figure this out, and it really, it really took me like having like getting married helped, and that was married for five years before we had children, so that helped. But also, like one person is more understanding of uh, like late nights, weekends than like kids are right because mm-hmm. right? my wife is supportive of my career and wants me to do well so if i say like oh i need to go do this thing this weekend she's gonna like understand that and not really complain about it she may like want to spend time with me and be disappointed about that but she's not necessarily angry at me that i'm spending all the time at work but when you have kids like they don't care what <laughs> I'm, sorry what, your main job is me says the yeah kid. <laughs> what reason like like i have to prepare them like weeks in advance of the fact that i'm going to be at a conference i'm going to be gone these days because if i sprung on them like the night before like like it's going to be like epic meltdown and mm-hmm. so uh, then you have to get into like like, hey, I'll bring you a surprise back. And last time my son was crying, it's like, we bring three. And so, like, they start, they, like, bartering. And so, like, so like, for him. they don't care if I say, like, oh, look, this is really good for my career that I go in to get to do this presentation at a conference. Like, they don't care. Right? They just want to spend time with you. And so, like, having to balance, you know, family expectations has been healthier for me personally of, like, um, the amount of sleep I get, um, being healthy, like I, you know, mm. the reason I walk as much as I, I do is because like I've had three knee surgeries. I can't do a lot of other activity. Oh, yours isn't the Fitbit challenge that you want to get all the things blinking because that's my. Oh, I have a Fitbit. I just don't 
yeah. to the challenge. 13,000 steps. Boom. I definitely have to track Jeff a bit more so I can beat him every day. Okay, noted. I don't think I'm actually connected to people on Fitbit. Yeah, that's fine. It's it like friend request or something. Yeah. I, don't know. I didn't do it for the social aspect. I just did it for the. Uh, I, I needed a I needed a good uh, tracker because That's the good. heart, the health app on your iPhone doesn't work very well. I did it for the social for family and friends and other locations, and there's some good uh, smack talk that goes on the Fitbit. I like it. Um, I also was inspired by. Did you read the David Sedaris article? It may have been like in the New Yorker. He talks about so what really put us over the edge, which we knew we were going to get them. But he walks like twenty thousand steps a day, and he talked about picking garbage up in uh, London outside. Like he'd pick up garbage as he goes, so he yeah. gets his steps. He feels productive, and it was a break from his writing. I was like, huh, let's let's try this out. A question I have for you, though, the, the balance in higher ed, because we have colleagues that work as administrators or faculty, um, instructors, I think it helps not having a partner in higher ed to keep that balance. I, <coughs> I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, I, I think, um, so, like, I have a very happy marriage. We love each other. We support one another. We know that we should not work together. Right. Like it's like, that would not be good for a relationship. Sometimes I'm jealous like of people who can have these like super healthy, like working relationships. Um, like that would like destroy our marriage if we actually had to work like in the same office together. We might could work on the same campus together as long as we had like really different reporting structures. And so, but we know that about ourselves. Like we know that we like yeah. So we know about ourselves. It's pro. It's mostly good that we probably don't work in higher ed. Um, I there are some things that like she's not going to have a context for mm-hmm. if it's like telling about your day. And there's some more like a weird political thing that comes up. Like it's, she's not going to really understand why people act the way they act or, you know, the process of title nine or that's Howard, that's becoming more clear to everyone else. No, it's not at all. Well, I was going to say it's cause uh, so having someone be in a grad program, then get off to higher ed position. My partner's like, no, why would I want to do that? Higher ed is so slow at things. They seem to make decisions. Like they hire someone in six to eight months. That's when they get hired. I was like, I know it's very confusing from other companies and, or industries, but that could soon change. Um, Unless you are the highest paid person on your campus oh yeah. and you can get a coaching job for bajillions of dollars oh. without ever talking to someone, but so digress. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. No, the, how did you know that you couldn't work together? Because I, like you, think we have a very healthy and loving relationship, yet I'm interested in working with him at some point. So that's a, that's going to kill it. How did you know that you can't work together? Um, I, I, mean, I mean, say we have worked together. I mean, we work together every day, right? Like we're, sure. we're both parents. <clears throat> and we have to communicate. We have to make sure... Like we know who's picking kids up, who's dropping kids off. Like, you know, so, so we, in a sense, we do work together mm-hmm. on a daily basis. We, we did this, um, like uh, a thing called apartment life, which is like, we we're kind of like, like RAs for adults, like mm-hmm. with an apartment complex, kind of this community development things in apartment complex. Cool. When Titus was first born 
So this was, you know, seven years ago. And, but she like, we had a clear kind of division of labor because she was mm-hmm. staying at home at that time period. So she did a lot of the stuff and I like lifted tables and moved things around. Like, but she like made a lot of, a lot of the decisions and I was just a support person in, in that role. So, but when it comes to like, like employment, like we had just like different views and how to view leadership and we had different views and how like, um, supervise people maybe, or to take supervision or, um, my, um, wife could be, might be very opinionated to where I'm, <laughs> to where I'm, I'm like, have a, not really that I'm not she opinion- doesn't listen to this podcast then. Not Jeez. that I'm not an opinion. Oh, she knows this about herself. Okay. Um, and not that I'm not opinionated, but I try to be more like for, Mm, forgive me something word. I try to give like a lot more benefit of the doubt, right? Mm. Um, on certain things. And so, yeah, as we, as we talked about, like, cause my wife is transitioning back into the workforce. Mm-hmm. She considered higher ed for like a week and, <laughs> and eventually, <laughs> yeah. Um, and one of the benefits was, was, was going to be if there was ever an opportunity for me to take another job across the country, like a spousal hire is super easy. If you both work in higher ed. Sure. Um, if you don't, it gets, you know, a lot you more. You have to hope a company is in another location. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. No. So the reason I started with your intervention, which is not an intervention, it's an assessment. You seem pretty healthy, happy. I was trying to gauge, um, my own, I guess there is a physical and emotional, mental, spiritual. And I think I asked the question about, um, cause I started meditating and I'm mm-hmm. only like a few weeks in, um, if you ever take time and how do you reflect? And I sometimes reflect a lot on a blog, but now I realize I need some more quiet space to, cause the question about, I guess, is there thoughts when your mind's not free? Um, it's hard. It's hard to clear yeah. your mind and not have any thoughts at all. And do you do this anytime? And yeah, how do you work it? So, so when do you meditate? So I originally tried, um, I'm trying an app. I'm using Andy Bitacombe's Headspace um, because I found, I tried it before. I found it soothing. I did like a 10 day free trial and I decided to do that again because it's guided. It talks about the challenges you might have when you start. So I, I used to do it in the evening, but now I've done it early in the morning and I think I have to get up even earlier. Um, so I don't have a dog sitting in front of me meditating as mm-hmm. well. So usually six in the morning ish, six thirty. Okay. After I brush my teeth, because I anchor it to something. So I'm not um, I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. I like by nature I'm not a morning person. I could, if I didn't make myself go to sleep, stay up extremely late tonight and yeah. work on something. Which for, when I was a doctoral student, it was great, right? I had the natural inclinations to be a great doctoral student because I could go to work all day. I could come home and like work late and and be mostly productive on on, on a small amount of sleep. Yeah, your circadian rhythm says, "Hey, you're you like the yeah. nighttime." Yeah. Except, particularly by the time I got to Thursday, I'm like, "Okay, I got to go to bed at a reasonable hour." <laughs> like after like a few nights in a row of it, I had to like, "Okay, let's get, let's not get too crazy now." Mm-hmm. But, um, starting this last summer, I started waking up earlier and then as school started, my kids got up earlier. So I had to wake up earlier. So now I wake up early. So now I wake up typically by five 30, sometimes at five, typically five 30. And I, 
uh, read my Bible and I pray and I may listen to a sermon. Okay. Um, but that's um, not always true. And I typically have about 30 minutes or so of uh, quiet time, which is about the only time I could have 30 minutes to myself at home. Unless I go the other side, like at night, past eleven, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone is for sure asleep. Um, but I, I've I've learned through my life I can't do those things at the end of the day because you get too tired and yeah yeah and the days like the days like on you right like the, you're the, the days like may wear on you and I'm thinking about an email I need to return or thinking to work on like if I'm, if I'm going to be awake I should be productive or something like that or there's a basketball game on or you know there's something around and so um, there's nothing on TV in the morning that I want to watch. Everyone's um, sleeping that you may know. Five thirty, yeah. Um, I'm sure no one's tweeting, though. I try not to look at my. F- I need to get. I, I, I want to get an actual alarm clock because I still use my phone for an alarm clock. So I am because of that. I may accidentally look get trapped phone. into something on in my phone. But I, I would. I try not to like get into my phone uh, first thing. First thing in the morning. Yeah, I don't use my phone as an alarm clock. If I actually can get up, so if I get up with natural light, I'll get up at six thirty-seven on my own. But um, yeah, I'm not a morning person. And as you said, five thirty. I was like, I used to go to swim team at five thirty in the morning, but that was hard work because I I like you am a night more of a night person. But yeah. I think getting in the right habits to get up early is yeah probably good space because that's a quieter time not checking anything, uh, messages or email or anything social, I think is important. And I, I think I did it um, for quiet, but also to think about um, being more mindful about things and maybe am I focusing on the right things? And I guess the questions were, and he prompts and said, if something comes in, just let it go. Just focus on being present and being here. And I think We've talked about that. It's, you get distracted by a lot of things. It could be a shiny object to my ukulele, to a project, to a phone call. Um, but just stopping and pausing and just being, I think, is what I've been thinking more about these days. Yeah. So I listened to a podcast. It's been several years ago because I went through a time period where I wanted to, to listen to a lot of productivity okay. um, chats and podcasts. Mm-hmm. My ex coming home. Hold on one second. Yeah. Check her. So I don't remember the name of this podcast. Because it's been several years, but there's one interview that I remembered. It was about a guy who was who made the case for waking up early in the morning, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's like, there's fewer distractions, and he talked about like you have to incentivize yourself. So he gets really good coffee. He has like really good slippers and like a, like a really nice like robe or like so he made it easier on himself to do that. I don't have that, but I do have good coffee and a coffee timer. It goes off at five o'clock. So by the time I get up at five thirty, I have a cup of coffee waiting for me. That's good. You say that. I do have slippers. I put on like warm woolly uh, sweat socks, a hoodie, and then I even got myself a little cushion. You know, they have meditation cushions. Here, let me show you. 
There's sound effects. It's got like. It sounds very comfortable. Yeah. Yes. My small dog is eyeing it because he wants to sit on it. But no. But yeah, no, I, I think you are right. You have to put yourself in that frame of I'm going to do X, whether it's work or meditate or pray or whatever it is. I, I think building the pattern and that habit habit is what I'm trying to do. So mm-hmm. two weeks in, we're doing okay. Cool. Check in with me later. All right. Till next time. Till next time. I think your energy is okay. Uh, maybe midday it wasn't, but uh, you're doing okay. End of day. Yeah. Probably need to go to bed now, though, just to make sure. <laughs> 72%. Beep, beep. Yes. <laughs> All right. Till next time. All right. Bye, friends. Peace. Peace.